This is the podcast at Rocking Built, episode eleven, coming off the Navy win, heading into the Northwestern win, or Northwestern win, Northwestern game this weekend. Yeah, you predict the future. <laughs> Before <laughs> we get started, I'm Buju. I am Brendan. So, like I said, coming off of a win against Navy, not an all-out impressive win, I would say, but nothing like disappointing either. A 44-22 win in San Diego uh, against Navy. So, thoughts beyond on the satis- game? Uh, it was beyond satisfying. Let's start with the negative. The negative is the second half, the defense letting up more yards in the first half, which I feel like we're, I don't know. I guess our first half and second half isn't like astronomically different. They're always, I think they're consistent one through four. So, I mean, I can't say the defense falling apart in the second half is necessarily. It felt like they came out of the locker room in the second half, like, well, this game's kind of already over. So they yeah. took like four possessions off basically. So, yeah, the defense is giving up more points, obviously, on the scoreboard and a lot more yards than the first half. But the most important thing that I took away that was disappointing and frustrating at the time and still right now is the book interception. He's starting to rack up a couple more interceptions. I heard the – I don't know if it was Tariqa or Fluidy – or not – there wasn't none of them. But one of the announcers on CBS said – just said, he only has four interceptions this year. It's so great, but – he was claiming the past couple of games. Yeah, he, he hasn't had, played a full yeah, season. He didn't play the whole season. So, so him starting to throw more interceptions is worrisome, especially when you're facing a Navy. I mean, Navy's always like physically tough, I guess you can say. But when you face top tier teams like in Alabama or whoever you may face in the playoff, we get there. You can't. You cannot have errors, overthrows, underthrows, misreads. You cannot throw interceptions. And the overthrows are still a problem. I mean, that's kind of been the biggest topic when you talk about books so far. The overthrows are still a problem. This is his, what, fourth start now? Fifth? About. So I mean, he still hasn't fixed that problem, and I think that's the biggest um, negative I could bring up on book. The interceptions, I'm every quarterback throws interceptions unless you're Tua, Tungaba, Wagaba. So, you know what I mean? But the overthrows are still a problem, and something is going to need to get fixed if they're going to be playing in Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or Ohio State or somebody like that. The positive is... Drew Tranquil is he did not have a fracture, he just had a sprain. And I guess Kelly said that he wouldn't be surprised if he plays this week at Northwestern, considering it being Drew Tranquil. Kind of if it's like day to day type of thing and it pushes it all the way to Friday, Saturday, I wouldn't play him. Rest him. We no, need him. So I don't think you play him no matter what. I think you give him a week off and then figure it out after that. Like the Bears rested Khalil Mack this week because he's been playing on an injured ankle, and he was playing at 50% at best the last two games. They sat him out this week. He should be back to 100% for next week. So this late in the season, every game is important. You kind of just want Drew Tranquil at 100% as soon as possible, not playing 50% for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if he gets the option, he's definitely choosing to play, which any player would, I think. But if it's up to Kelly, and I'm Brian Kelly, I'm saying you just need to get back to 100%. And the positive outcome, I don't. There hasn't been a negative with him at all. I mean, he. I think he had a fumble this game, but they got the ball back, so it doesn't necessarily matter that much. But my boy Dexter Williams, I don't even know how much yards he rushed for. He rushed for over a hundred. That's factual. Um, he had three touchdowns, I think, or two touchdowns. I don't even know the stats, but he went crazy. Williams had, was twenty-three carries, one hundred forty-two yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns. My my boy is awesome. He's doing big things. The thing I love about him from north to south, if you need him for like a power run to get you one or two yards, he can get it. He gains the extra yards. Or if you, you if he goes like like a pitch or a handoff to the side or whatever, he can make those on he can make the plays on the edges too. So it was a great game for my boy Dexter. Uh you know, like I said, the defense, I mean, they ended up giving up three hundred and forty some yards to Navy, but like you said, most of those were on the, early in that second half. 
another game where Notre Dame was in control the whole time, never felt like they were in trouble. Um, what did you think of play calling and then everything else coming off the sidelines and from Brian Kelly this week? Towards the fourth end of the fourth quarter, I wasn't like too into it. Like I usually am for all of the games. I was busy doing something sort of. So um, I was helping my niece. I was she was going to sleep, so I put her to sleep. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't necessarily paying attention to where when the nece- when the comeback was coming. So there might have been more frustration if I was paying attention to that. But the last few games, I really haven't been having any like frustration towards p- play calling. It's been more aggressive this year than past years, which is always a plus. Notre Dame is like, I don't know if it showed at this game or last game, but Notre Dame's like one of four teams that has a fourth down conversion on, on every mm-hmm. in every game. I think that was they showed that in the pit game, but that's crazy. So we talked about earlier in the season the scenario where a one-loss Alabama could get in over an undefeated Notre Dame. Now that we're moving later into the year, Michigan's starting to look strong again. We're coming up with the same narrative again where if Michigan wins out and wins the Big Ten, they could get in over an undefeated Notre Dame. Yeah, Kirk Kirk Herbstreit said one loss gets in over a Notre Dame, which I think is crazy. Kirk's being Kirk, not not necessarily showing Notre Dame all the love, putting LSU in his top four over at, num- at the number three spot over Notre Dame. So he's, he's respecting these one-loss teams with, I guess you can say, better resumes. Now, I'm. Do you think that is a possibility? Where Michigan if you say it right now, looking at just looking at Michigan, and you say right now, if they win out, are they in the playoff? No doubt they're in the playoff. They won the Big Ten championship. Their only losses in the week one against the number three team as of right now team. You think about it like that. No way they're not in. But if you think about Clemson doesn't lose out, Notre Dame doesn't lose. Out, the top four teams don't lose out. Win out. Or if, if the top four teams win out, then. No way they can't get in because it's how they're going to surpass them. Right. So, um, but I feel like teams are bound to lose. I'm not. It's hard to say that Clemson and yeah. Alabama are going to lose, but I feel like this uh, it's teams literally are bound to lose. It's literally impossible for Alabama, Georgia, and LSU all to win out because yeah. Alabama and LSU play each other this week, and Alabama and Georgia are more than. Oh, likely. that's why if they win out, they'll be in because one of those teams are going to fall back. LSU right. or Alabama is going to fall back, which pushes them to the top four. Right. So that, I don't even think about that. Teams right. are literally going to lose. I mean, it's impossible for three of the big players not to end up losing. Clemson could – I'm more likely they won't because of the remaining schedule they have and how weak the uh, ACC is. Clemson will probably win out. Um, and then uh, LSU is probably going to lose this week. So, yeah, teams are going to lose. I Still more likely than not, if Notre Dame is 12-0, and they're going to be in the playoff. I, I guess there's an outside shot they don't get in. But I feel like if Notre Dame's twelve and zero, they're probably going to be in the college football playoff. The just the biggest thing is you can't win by one, two, three, four. Those minimal points, yeah. and then which gives a one loss team reason, like especially a one loss champion, like mm-hmm. a Big Ten champion champion in Michigan that has been beating teams by a fairly good amount compared to Notre Dame having close games with teams that are not playing well. USC lost again. Our schedule is looking worse and worse, which is making yeah. these one-loss teams better. You have Virginia Tech that lost this week. You have Stanford that lost this week. Stanford going to drop out of the rankings now. Yeah. But the only good thing that I've seen from our schedule is Sy- Syracuse is now top 25, so that's good Right. for our remaining schedule. But you have USC that lost again to, like, who did they lose to? Arizona State. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, our schedule is not doing good. And then Virginia – we always thought – LFS, you would be back in a way this weird year, but they're still terrible. Yeah. Um, looking terrible. around the rest of college football, not a whole lot to talk about. Oh, uh, also talking about like 
what can happen later in the season by losses. Kentucky and Georgia play this week, so not only is that loss, whoever loses that game is going to automatically eliminate, or not automatically, but eliminate them from the playoff with two losses, mm-hmm. but also the winner goes to the SEC championships that determines who faces Alabama. So, Right. I'm, if Kentucky beats Georgia this week, that knocks Georgia out for sure. And even, like, Kentucky's not going to be, win the SEC championship. So no. I don't think they're ever going to yeah. compete with Georgia. So Georgia didn't even play their best game, and they still beat Florida by how much, like 19? Yeah. Um, if Kentucky happens to be Georgia, they are playing at home, at home, so that gives them a little bit of a boost. Georgia, nine-and-a-half-point favorite. But if Kentucky does win that game, it pretty much, unless short of a miracle, eliminates two players from the college football playoffs. So. Two players? Yeah, two players in the um. race. for. Um, and then Alabama plays LSU this week, which we mentioned. LSU, a, what was it, 17-and-a-half, 14-and-a-half? It was 14-and-a-half. 14-and-a-half point underdog at home as the number four team in the country. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> There's only a three-spot difference among these teams, and the team that is lesser in LSU is mm-hmm. home, like you just said. And it's not like, oh, they're home. It's home at Death Valley. Right. This is a big – like, and you know what I'm saying. It's already down to 14, so that number is going to drop. But it started after Alabama opened as a 14-and-a-half point favorite on the road at the number four team in the country. That, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, number eight, Ohio State has another cakewalk game this week. Clemson plays Louisville, who might as well be a Division two team this year. And No, I, we, I'll do this after you're done. Uh, Michigan plays Penn State, so that's one of their big hurdles they have to get over between now and the playoff. They still have to beat Penn State, Ohio State, and win the Big Ten Championship. We talked about that already, but that's a lot to assume that they're going to win those three games. Granted, the Big Ten Championship is going to be the easiest of those And three. also, two, three weeks ago, saying this would also, it's also like, I don't know how to say it, two, three weeks ago, saying that they would win in this slate of their schedule is much, like, that. Diff- it was more difficult now mm-hmm. than, than it is now because now you have an Ohio State that lost to a Purdue and they don't even with Haskins and the Heisman candidate. They don't look like a team that's necessarily like like before. I think it was Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, and those three were like right. they're there every year. But I mean, there's a lot of people saying that Ohio State's the most talented team in the country at some points this season. Yeah, and now they're they have a loss to Purdue, and even besides that, some you know it's just there's that right. big question mark with Ohio State, which makes that game I guess not necessarily less big because it's going to be big no matter what. But you know what I'm saying. And you have Wisconsin losing all this game, so that game it wasn't as big as right. it was set out to be. Michigan State's not be, is not is not playing as well either. Mm-hmm. I and think Mich- that- Michigan like squeaked it out against at Northwestern. Uh, that game came all the way down to the wire, and they had a very sloppy game against Michigan State that they ended up winning by two touchdowns. But the game was closer than what the score ended up showing too. So I don't know. Big then, Ten's weird this year. And then I thought Penn State would have a better record. They have three losses, I think. Uh. Or maybe no, two, six and two. Yeah, they they squeaked out a win against oh, Iowa this week, right? Which is a tough game. So I, this, I'm just saying, this Michigan schedule is not as hard as it once looked, mm-hmm. but as it is now, but it's definitely gonna be hard to win out and win a Big Ten championship. Does Ohio State get in if they beat Michigan and win the Big Ten championship? They still get in, yeah, even though they lost to Purdue. Probably since they'll they'll pass Oklahoma and stuff. I right. feel like. Um, I guess we can move on to this week's Northwestern game. Um, what are your biggest like? Not necessarily keys to the game, but what are you looking for for like, what are you looking on for Notre Dame to improve on this week uh, in this Northwestern game? Uh, I think the biggest things uh, points allowed. I would say probably because 
the defense has been, I think, the stronger side of the ball. <clears throat> excuse me, all year, mm-hmm. all year long. So giving up 22 points against a Navy team, which doesn't, which is not a good team. It doesn't have a good record. I don't care if you, they, you're the type of person that says they always play us tough. We shouldn't have gave up 22 points. So giving up less points and na- against a trap game. And Navy isn't even like, even though Navy's always kind of a game, is always a game Notre Dame should win. Especially like Navy's not as good as they normally are this year. They only had yeah. two. They only have two wins. So usually, really, go ahead. Usually by now they're with the three, four, five wins, mm-hmm. putting themselves about in a game or two away from getting a. Uh, bull bid so right. you know what i'm saying it's like this team isn't the same as it always is so we shouldn't not give up as much points as we should do you think at did. this point in the season and as messy as the playoff race looks like it could get do you think notre dame like really needs to just start demolishing teams or do you think there are they're still going to be okay if they're winning these games 45 21 and 38 20 and stuff like that you know what i mean there's going to be people that hate that because you think if they're if they're not dominating teams and they don't have a championship then they shouldn't be in but I think no way the committee takes them out. An undefeated Notre Dame, no way you keep them out. I think, and in, uh, in even taking the playoff aspect out of it, if I'm a college football coach, I'm always winning by as much as possible. I'm playing my game yes. until the whistle, the final whistle. Whether you're beating a team 83 to 10, I I'm agree. playing until the final whistle, even if it's like second string and all that. Every every coach says play to the final whistle, but I don't feel like that's true. And Brian Kelly is like the worst. Yeah, at that, he, I don't think he's. I don't feel like he's ever done it. There's been very few games in Brian Kelly's tenure where Notre Dame is like stepping on people's throats, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know how he was at Cincinnati. I don't know if it's just like him trying to have a lot of sportsmanship for like a school like Notre Dame. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. Do you think there's a possibility that that's like a call coming down from above Brian Kelly? Like that's coming from Jack Swarbrick, where he's saying, I was "Don't kill ask these you that. teams." It's it's possible. I. If that's the case, you got to let the college football coach be the college football coach. Yeah, especially when that's, you're that's top like team. Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys stuff. If that's the case, I, I never even like thought of that until just. But that. I also feel like when you have a, they feel like they have a great coach. They're going to let him get more space and let him make his own calls. Right. If that's the case, I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> um, so looking at this Northwestern team, they're not a team that scores a whole bunch of points. Uh, I'm scrolling down here. Sorry. Uh, 31 against Wisconsin. I mean, that's more their, obviously one of their more impressive ones. They scored 34 in overtime against Nebraska, 18, 29, 17. So not a team that's going to go out and drop 42 on anybody. So playing against a tough Notre Dame defense, I feel like this is an opportunity for Notre Dame's defense to really shine if they come out playing to their full caliber and they're not taking drives off like they did in this Navy game. Yeah, and it's also up to the offense. I feel like if we can have quick drives, which can hurt the defense. Or we can have short drives, which is not good for like putting up a lot of points, obviously. So I feel like the offense can also dictate how well the defense plays. And um, Northwestern's defense, uh, 366 yards a game. Uh, it's a f- fairly decent defense in college football. They are holding teams to a relatively like uh, okay amount of points. It's not like they're giving up 30 a game, but it's not like they're holding teams to a touchdown either. Isn't aren't isn't Northwestern in the lead for whatever side of the Big Ten? Uh, the Big Ten West is a jumbled mess right now. Purdue took themselves out of it this week with a loss to Michigan State, but Wisconsin's still in the running. Northwestern's there. They might be leading, but it's very, very close, and it's going to come down to the week 12, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, and that's just terrible how that side is. We talked about it last yeah. week, so no need to get into detail. So uh, what's your prediction for this game? Uh, oof. At Northwest, Notre Dame's an eight-point favorite. 
at Northwestern. We, Another we night game, too. Yeah. It's, I think it's because it's the other team's big game. They Probably. Won it at night, yeah. so I don't know. It's also on ESPN, too, I think. Mm. Uh, My prediction. Yes, it is on ESPN. It, it, I'm just th- it's on the top of my head right now, so it's not going to be like if I had thought about it deeply. But I'll I'm p- thinking Notre Dame 38. That's crazy. 38 was the number in my head. Northwestern 14, 17, something like that. I'm thinking like 38. Eh, I'm gonna go 35-14. Okay, so basically another game like they've had basically all year. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna be in control the whole game. They're gonna give up a score early and then more points late. I feel like well, this has been said almost every week too, but this is an opportunity for a statement game. Like they could go out there and win 45 to seven and really like put an exclamation point on their like. They're eight games. Just shut up the doubters about like the Vanderbilt game and the Ball State game. Yeah, but I just don't feel like they do. Again, I don't feel like they go out there and do that. And even if we do offensively throwing up fifty points, I think fifty points is the biggest is the number you need to hit for a statement, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Even when we hit that, I feel like the defense is going to give up more points to make that yeah. look less impressive. Like we're going to end up giving twenty if we do that, right? Or if we don't throw up a lot of points like thirty, the defense is going to be more impressive and only hold like ten. Off the top of your head, what's the last like Notre Dame blowout you can think of? The first one that comes to my head is Navy in 2012. Yeah, the Ireland game. That's the one I think of, too. <laughs> but and also in 2012. Like 53-3 or whatever it in was. In 2012, I think we blew out Miami. I, was, I can't even think of previous ones. Yeah. Two years ago, we only had like three or four wins, so that yeah. season's like almost eliminated. Because I can't, like like you said, the first one that pops in my head is that 53-3 or whatever it was where they played Navy in Ireland I think to start the season. 10. Whatever. But yeah, that's the first one, and then we blew out Miami that year. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, I'm moving away from football, I guess. Then hold on, I want to oh, talk about. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> how terrible is the ACC now? Like we were talking bad. about this. Louisville's bad now. Miami isn't that good. You have the teams that are up there, like Pitt, and they're not even good. The only good team is Clemson. You know, like a year or two ago, we were talking about how ACC is competing with Big Ten and almost SEC, and now they're just terrible. With ACC being terrible, and then you have Wisconsin not being as good in the mid-pack teams of the Big Ten, I guess you can say, or the, like, three, four, five best teams in the mm-hmm. Big Ten not playing as well as they should like have been. Penn State, Iowa. Yeah. It, it makes the SEC back to the dominance it was once at. Right. Especially with they have new teams like Kentucky soaring to new heights. And it makes you think, like, if Wisconsin and Penn State and – uh, uh, Louisville, if those teams were playing well, does Kentucky even look as good as they have this year? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I'm trying to find the ACC standings here. So just like, like the main point is ACC is so like, terrible. It's making SEC look so good. And I'm not I'm not all about SEC's dominance like some people might be. I absolutely hate it. I hate Alabama. Yeah. I hate SEC schools. Yeah, I hate the SEC too. But uh, Boston College is second in the Atlantic Division in the ACC. What's their record? Uh, they're three and one in the conference, six and two overall. It's not bad, but that's like but Boston it's Bo- College. Yeah, like if Boston College went and played Kentucky right now, they'd get fucking murdered. Uh, Syracuse, same thing. Or they're three and two, six and six and two overall. Virginia leads the ACC Coastal Division. Virginia Tech is second. Pitt's third. Just a disaster. Like Duke is normally pretty good. They're one and three in the conference, five and three overall. UNC one and four, one and six overall. Louisville zero oh and five in the conference, two and six overall. 
Yeah. I didn't know Louisville was that bad. They're a dumpster fire. Like, there's no way they hold on to Bobby Petrino. And I don't even know who they go out and get. They're, go- they're going to want to get Jeff Rom from Purdue. Uh, that's his alma mater. He might do it, but I don't know if Jeff Rom wants to leave Purdue to go to a disaster scene in Louisville right yeah. now either. So when he's he's just coming off the biggest win in Purdue in the past ten yeah. years. There's always going to be like coaching candidates out there, but it kind of feels like it's going to be a little bit of a weak class this year of I, I available agree, yeah. college football coaches. Because like there was a it was a good class last year, but everybody found yeah. jobs. Les Miles is going to always float around until he has a job. But I don't think he's going to want to take a Louisville job. So I, mean, I feel like he's a big SEC guy. Yeah, I don't know what is going to happen with the Louisville Cardinals, but uh, I don't see them being good for quite a while again. You have anything else football related you want to touch on, or nope? Uh, women's basketball exhibition game is tomorrow. We've talked about that. We talked about that kind of a little bit two weeks ago, I think, last week, whenever it was. But should be a good season for Notre Dame women's basketball. Don't really know a whole lot about men's basketball yet. No, they cu- they came off a loss against uh, I forgot what they called it. It wasn't called a scrimmage. It was called something weird. Like, it was a weird name that that the Twitter or maybe it was Instagram that posted it. But they lost to like a Cincinnati team by like seven. So really, that made that killed my hopes if I had any. Do you like Mike Bray? It's it's one of those things where it's like I hate him, but I like him. Right. Because Mike with Mike Bray. You have a good season and then you have a bad season. When you have a good season, he's so fun because he's like, he's a player's coach. He's having- I think I th- and that's I think that's the problem with Mike Bray is I think he tries too hard to be the fun players coach guy and he's not worried enough about being a head coach like X's and O's. Right. I think that's Mike Bray's problem in my opinion as an outsider of Notre Dame men's basketball because that's like I see very little of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with all the top coaches. You won't necessarily see like that, especially Coach K. He's the definition of like a middle of the road top twenty-five yeah. coach. He's like a sixteen number sixteen team in the country coach. But like I like when like co- like he just jumps up and down, and get excited with players. That's what right. I like. Like when I, we go ahead. Past co- sometimes in the past couple years we get to a Sweet Sixteen or I think we face Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen. Like that team when he's coaching is fun because they have a good talent, makes him look better. Right. But like this year, I'm I'm a hate him. He seems like a very he seems like a nice guy. He seems like somebody you want to hang out with. But I don't know if that's what you want in your Division One coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to hang out with Nick Saban. And he has so much wins. He's has he has over like seven hundred wins. They're not getting rid of him. That's the sad part. Yeah, I'm, yeah. He's one of those guys that's like, he's just good enough to stay forever, and just bad enough that everybody's kind of being like, "Are we going to keep this guy forever?" You know what I mean? So, uh, what do you think about Jack Swarbrick while we're at it? Not a big fan. Really? He's he seems so scared. Like. Some points we should have fired Kelly. Some points they should have fired Bray. Right. Maybe I'm just like straight to the point or something, like fire the gun type of thing. But mm-hmm. he's just, I don't know, he's too friendly. I don't know how yeah. to put it. Kind of like too accepting of mediocrity yeah. at times. I don't know how to say that word. but Less sports and more But like right. Even though like the big three are football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, I would say those are the big three for Notre Dame. That's fair to say, right? Yeah. Like, their hockey team is always up there. The soccer teams are always up there. Lacrosse. Lacrosse is always up there. I feel like their volleyball team is pretty good. Decent, I feel so, like. So, like, he is succeeding. It's just, like, you don't really necessarily see it all the time from the programs that really matter. And, like, I don't know how much the – there's no way the hockey team, both soccer teams, and the lacrosse team combined are making up for what a top – consistently top football program would be. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. no way. I don't know. Football definitely brings in the money. Basketball right. brings in 
the money like on the secondary level. Right. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? Not really. So you can visit us at NotreDamePodcast.com. Uh, we're on iTunes. You can download, rate, subscribe, review everything you do there. Uh, throw us a bone. Do that for us. You can follow us on Twitter at Rockney Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at the podcast that Rockney built. Thanks for listening. Go Irish. <laughs>